Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. It was rather humorous to me just a moment ago. Just as we sang the words, it is well with my soul, and we had that sound problem. The way some of you jumped at your souls may not actually be well, <laughs> thinking it was the trumpet of the Lord. Well, if that's what it takes to get us to think about those kinds of things, then I'm perfectly fine with it. But today we're talking about encouragement. Years ago, someone said in my presence, and I've never forgotten it, he said, Sir, we've had enough every day that discourages us on a continuing basis. Would you please today just encourage us? And I thought, it's pretty good. I, I like that. Barnabas was just that kind of guy. Throughout the year, uh, I'm going to have some lessons on godly leadership, case studies from people in Scripture. Brian Mackinnon is also going to do a series of classes on godly leadership. All of these will be, I think, good for all of us. But I'm thinking today about Barnabas, who in his godly leadership was an encourager. What I find fascinating about him is we know him by his nickname, in fact, we have to be reminded by reading the text, maybe, that his given name was Joseph. But the apostles named him Barnabas because it meant son of encouragement. From the time that Emma and James were really small, they've always said, called me Uncle Bobo. I don't know why. None of us knows why. I don't think it means son of encouragement, but it means something. But I remember after a number of years, they, I think it was James, heard somebody referred to me as Mike, and he goes, who is that? Mike didn't make any sense to him. Uncle Bobo did. So if I had said today, we're going to talk about Joseph, you might go, who is that? But when I say Barnabas, you think about a guy who was encouraging. I read to, last night or today, uh, a man had said that encouragement is the oxygen of the soul. That is a great statement. We need oxygen to live. We need oxygen to continue to be able to breathe Energy comes, life comes from encouraging one another. Here's what I think about Barnabas. By what we read in Scripture, he was the kind of guy, and probably you know of some people like that today in your life. Here's the kind of guy Barnabas was when he walked into a room when he was involved in any situation, immediately there was a connection. Immediately he filled the room. Immediately people felt better because he was there. In contrast to those 
who enter a room and everybody grows silent and stops and cowers in the corner and wishes they were not there. Not Barnabas. Everywhere he went, when he entered the situation, he immediately was an encourager. Let us learn today about what he did and challenge ourselves to be encouragers in life. If you want to walk with me through the book of Acts as we encounter this man, and then we're going to take uh, one text outside of the book and notice some things together. We begin in Acts chapter 4. The setting is that the day of Pentecost had come and gone. 3,000 people at least had obeyed the gospel. These people had come in for that Jewish feast, and now they were here having brought enough just for the feast time, but they didn't want to go home. Their newfound faith kept them there in Jerusalem. And now they had all of these people who didn't have everything they needed every day. And so they needed, those Christians did, they needed to work together. They needed a community to help and support each other in the text that was read for us. This man sold land that he had and he brought it and laid it down at the apostles' feet. I don't know why he is the only one mentioned. Nobody else is given credit for having done what those early Christians did. Here is my suspicion. My suspicion is he was the first. My suspicion is that this man whose life meant encouragement, when he saw the need, when he knew what was demanded, when people had real needs, he led the charge to sell the land and bring the money to help those people. The first thing I want us to see about this man, Barnabas, is that he was an encourager because he was not afraid to lead. There are many people who cower from leading. They don't want to step out. They don't want to be ones to say, I'll help. I'll take the lead. You can follow me. It is seen sometimes as an arrogant thing to say that I will lead when in truth that's not the case. The fact of the matter is every one of us in some way can lead. We have abilities to be able to lead in special ways. We need people who will step up and say, I will lead. In every church, we need men who will lead us as shepherds. We need men who will lead us as deacons ministering in, in certain ways. We need women who will lead in ways that help make sure the gospel is spread to women, to children to ministering and helping. We need people who lead in all kinds of ways. This man was an encouragement because when he decided I'm going to lead and he stepped up and led, it seems that everyone followed him because encouragement draws people and they just want to follow. If you move to chapter 9, we encounter this man again 
in an interesting situation. Saul, who had been the persecutor of the church, he had gone from city to city throwing people in prison because they were following this new thing called Christianity. When he was a Jewish man, he followed the law of Moses and he was faithful to the law of Moses, but he couldn't understand how we could just set it aside. And this man Saul came to a position in life on the way to Damascus to do the same thing. Jesus appeared to him on that road and talked to him and showed him how he had done things that were not right. He thought he was right. In fact, he would say in Acts 23, I've lived in all good conscience before God until this very hour. But he found out he was wrong. And when he found out he was wrong, he immediately changed. And he became, instead of Saul the persecutor, he became Paul the preacher. If you look in verse 26, Saul went down to Jerusalem and tried to join the disciples. Well, we know what that's like from hearing things. It's a scary time that we live in we get a little nervous about certain people that try to come in amongst us. We get nervous about certain things that happen because of world events. What about this guy? He had the authority, the backing of the Jewish leaders to throw you into prison. And now he wants to come and be a part of this church? They might have thought he wanted to be a spy. He wanted to come in there and, and plant his roots there so that he could catch more of them. They didn't trust him. But verse 27, Barnabas took him. When Barnabas steps into a situation, because he is the man or the son of encouragement, things change rather quickly. He took him and brought him before the apostles, and he stood up with him. And he said, wait a minute, this man has changed. He saw Jesus. He has given his life to Jesus. We should stand with him. You see, he's a leader who encouraged a man who had not yet been accepted by everybody else. And because he stood with him because he encouraged him to stand strong. He encouraged those people to accept him. We have one of the great early leaders of the church in Paul. What if somebody had not stood up for Saul? What if all those Christians said, no, 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 we've heard too many stories. We want nothing to do with you. What would we have lost? We would have lost about 12 letters of Scripture had he not stayed faithful. But he stayed with it because Barnabas said, I'll be there with you. And I'll help you. This man Barnabas in chapter 11. 
Down in verses 22 and 3, the church was now spreading and people were obeying the gospel in different places. And the apostles heard about some who had obeyed the gospel. And if you look in verse 22, they said, we need somebody to go to Antioch to meet those new Christians, to help them find out who they are, help us know about them, give them some support, some encouragement. And Barnabas was one of the ones they sent. This new group of Christians that sprung up because the gospel was now spreading. And everywhere it went, people were obeying. He was not afraid to jump into that new situation. Plus the fact, who would you want to go and see these new Christians? Who is it that you would want to have contact? What is the face you want to present to these brand new Christians? Oh, I think it's Barnabas. Who would, in his encouraging way, come before them and say, you can do this. You have brethren in Jerusalem who are willing to support you. There are brethren now spreading out all over this world. You're not up here by yourself. You're not just hanging out on the fringes. You are a part of a wide growing body of Christians. You need to know that. Every time David and others go to Guyana, Brian's going to Guyana, like they're both down there now, I think. Or have been, David's back. But you know what? When they see those people in the jungles of Guyana, it says to those people, there are brethren outside of us that care. Barnabas, in his encouragement, said, I'll come see you and I'll help you be stabilized. At the end of chapter 11, some things get really tough. A famine erupts, and now people don't have food and shelter and clothing, and they need some really good stuff. And who's on call? Barnabas. Barnabas immediately jumps into the situation. He is helping to take the money that was given to help the time of famine, uh, Acts 11, 29, and 30. But also he was willing to get involved even though things were difficult. Chapter 12, Peter was even thrown in prison. This is a tough time. But Barnabas didn't stay at the safety of Jerusalem. He didn't just hang back and say, I'll just stay over here where things are nice and easy. No, he was willing to take on difficult responsibilities and leaders who jump out there and say, this is difficult, I know, but let's do it together. They encourage others to take on difficult responsibilities as well. Your life is difficult. There are things in your life today that you're having problems with. There are things that you're struggling with. There are things that you want help and probably to some extent. Being here amongst these encouraging people is going to help you get over that or at least support you while you go through. And the leadership that Barnabas showed in taking on these difficult things and holding on to this reputation of of being encouraging, don't you think it helped them get through their difficult times? But Barnabas had his own difficult times. 
In Acts 15, there's a problem. On the first journey that Barnabas went with Saul on this first missionary journey, apparently John Mark had been with them. And somewhere during the time of this journey, John Mark left and he said, I'm going home. And he went back home. He left the work of missionary work. It came time to go out for another journey. And Paul or Saul said, let's go, Barnabas, and we're going to head out. And Barnabas said, yeah, and I'll get John Mark. Paul said, we're not taking him. He left us already. He's already backed out once. We're not taking him. And Barnabas, the text says in chapter 15, the contention was so hot between them. Barnabas said, I'll do what I want. He took John Mark and he went on his own journey. Paul took Silas and he went on a different journey. Who's right? We're never told that John Mark sinned. We're told that he left the work and Saul didn't like it. Paul didn't like that fact and therefore didn't trust him anymore. But you know what? Barnabas is the son of encouragement. And he stuck with him. And when we come to Paul's writing in Colossians chapter 4, Paul wrote to the Colossians while he's in prison. And he said, will you send John Mark to me? Because he is needful for my ministry. In the same way that Barnabas had stood up for Saul when nobody would accept him, Barnabas stood up for John Mark. And because he stood with him, because he was quick to forgive, because he was willing to say, yeah, you fail, but you can stand back up and start over, he became one of those men that at the end of his life, Paul said, I need him now. He had rejected him once, but he needs him now. He's a great leader who encouraged this man and was quick to forgive. Encouraging leadership understands that people have failures and problems. And they're quick to say, let's give them another chance. Outside of this text of Acts, we go to Galatians chapter 2. And in verse 9, the Bible says that the right hand of fellowship was given to Paul and Barnabas because what they were going to do now was go and minister to the Gentiles. He was a leader willing to step out of his comfort zone. And that's an encouragement when you see somebody do that. In all these years that I've been here, I've seen many men, many, who are not at all courageous, they think, to stand behind this pulpit and do anything. Pray, read scripture, give announcements. But I have seen very many step out of that comfort zone. And now it's second nature. 
But it takes leadership to do it first, to expect it. Barnabas stepped out of his comfort zone. You remember when we first met him in Acts 4? He's this classic Jewish man. He is Jew through and through. He sold land to help fellow Jews. But all these years later, we now find him helping Gentiles. He was willing to say, yes, this has been my life. This is what's comfortable. But now I'm going to go and I'm going to spend my time with the Gentiles. It's hard for us to relate to that. It was such a culture shock for him. Let's do it this way. One of you, growing up in rural Kentucky, says... I'm going to move to the Bronx to do mission work. Well, you talk about a culture shock. That's the kind of thing that he did. You think that'd be comfortable? Oh, no. But his leadership of encouragement helped others to spread the gospel outside of his comfortable culture. But a final thing that we learn shows that leadership does not mean perfection. Barnabas had his own problems. In Galatians 2, verses 11 through 13, there's an incident that happened Peter was eating with these new Gentile Christians that Barnabas had helped to convert. And they were eating a meal together and enjoying fellowship together and everything was great. But then there's this group of Christian people called Judaizing teachers. These are Jewish Christians who say that you have to keep some of the Old Testament Jewish law. And so they were going around everywhere that Paul would go or Barnabas would go. They'd come into those cities and they would demand that these Christians submit to some of the Jewish regulations. The most obvious one was circumcision. And the Gentiles would have nothing of it. These Jewish people, Christians, showed up where Barnabas was with Peter. And Peter was pulled away from his mission. He pulled away from eating with those brethren and came over here and only ate with these Jewish Christians. Barnabas got caught up in it. And he too pulled away. When Paul came to that scenario, he looked at Peter and said, I had to withstand him to his face because he was wrong. And I also believe he stood there with Barnabas as well and said, this is wrong. 
Leaders don't have to be perfect. Leaders can't be perfect. Leaders make mistakes. Leaders get caught up in problems. Leaders can be pressured into things that aren't right as well. But let me tell you about a man, Barnabas, the son of encouragement. Later on, when Paul wrote 1 Corinthians, he referred in Acts, 1 Corinthians 9 to Barnabas again. About seven years after this event happened in, say, 39 A.D. or so, he referenced Barnabas in good standing with him. His weakness didn't keep him from continued leadership. His weakness didn't defeat him. You know why? Here's what I think. Not only did he encourage other people, but his nature was to be encouraging. And I can see when he failed, I can just see Barnabas standing there encouraging himself. Come on, man. You can get over this. You failed. You messed up. Paul's right. We shouldn't act like this because that's his nature. That's who he is. I appreciate godly leadership when they encourage others to be better. Certainly that should be our goal, and that's what Barnabas left us as an example and a legacy right here in Scripture, to lead in an encouraging way. Jesus is an encourager. Everything about his life, you can find different points throughout where he was an encouraging person to someone in need, to, to someone who was deathly sick, to someone who was weak and in trouble, and he was constantly encouraging, and he is encouraging us to come to him and to be accepted by him, giving our lives to him, to be what we need to be. His encouragement, if we accept it, will keep us out of the devil's hell and put us into a God's heaven. If you're not a child of God today, let me encourage you to do what is right, to be a part of something great and special and wonderful. Give your life to Jesus. Be immersed to have your sins forgiven. Let me encourage any who are struggling and failing. You can get up. You can get started again. Let me encourage all of us to say, I can be better tomorrow than I was today. But if we can help you in a public way, our shepherds will be here to meet you. Let's stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.